0: There are so many aspects of the great salvation God offers us in Jesus Christ. Redemption, predestination, calling, adoption, sanctification, justification, glorification, and many others. How do they all relate to each other? Let's talk about it on this episode of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. Help me out by rating and reviewing the podcast on your podcast app to help others find the podcast. And don't forget to hit follow so that you never miss an episode as well. Okay, let's get to today's episode. The Bible uses many different words and word pictures to describe the plan of God to redeem the world and each of us individually. Theologians have reflected on these various themes for centuries. Protestants have argued with each other about the order of the various aspects of God's plan, and I want to summarize the major ideas here, and then I want to tell you why I have some reservations about what theologians call the order of salvation, or the ordo salutis. As we talk about various elements today, I'm not going to elaborate on these theological concepts as such. And I expect that each of them will get their own episode eventually. They are all so important. Different theologians and schools of thought have different precise lists. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. But a typical order of salvation goes something like this. Let's say salvation in 11 steps. Number one, predestination. God ordains all things that come to pass in his sovereignty. Two, election. God elects some sinners to salvation. Three, calling. God calls us his own. Four, regeneration. God gives us spiritual life. This is the first thing to happen within our own lifetime. God takes out a heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. Five, faith. With a new heart, a spiritual life, we put our faith in God. Six, repentance. With our newfound faith, we repent of our sins. Seven, justification. On the basis of faith, we are justified through faith, not works. Eight, adoption. We are adopted into the family of God as sons and daughters, and we grow into that as we take on more of His character. Nine, sanctification. We are made holy more and more in real and practical ways by the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us. 10. Perseverance. We persevere in our repentance and faith, and we continue to follow Him until the end of our lives. 11. Glorification. After our deaths, we are resurrected to full glorification, just like Jesus was resurrected, and we are no longer able to sin, but are fully sanctified and glorified. So, maybe you can see how a list like this works. I did not include some aspects of salvation that other theologians might include, such as foreknowledge, illumination, mystical union with Christ, redemption, conversion, and salvation. I I think that the idea of a list like this comes from two verses in Romans 8. Let me read these two verses and note the idea of an order, or at least the linking of various concepts here. This is Romans 8, starting with verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. These seem to be different steps or aspects to what God has done for us in Christ, and they are inextricably linked. All those whom he foreknew are predestined, with none lost. All those who are called, and all those who are called, and none lost. And all those who are justified, and none lost. And all those who are glorified, with none lost. And in context, this is supposed to bring us comfort, and it certainly does for me. This is the closest thing we have in Scripture to an order of salvation, and so we have to compare various Scriptures to one another to try and line them up in some logical or maybe time order. The big sticking point in various Christian schools of thought is the order of regeneration and faith. This, I think, is important. Do we have faith because God has given us life already, or does God give us spiritual life because of our faith? On this point, I think the Bible is actually pretty clear. In John 6, Jesus is talking about faith, and he says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. And also, no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. In 1 Corinthians 12, we see that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we read, uh, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. In John 3, Jesus likens salvation to a rebirth, or being born again. This is not something that you choose Life is given to you, and then you breathe and grow naturally into the life that you already have. In Ephesians 2, Paul makes a similar argument when he says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God made you alive. He's drawing on all sorts of Old Testament imagery of Ezekiel preaching to bones so dead that they were dried already. But they respond to the life coming out of the barren wombs of Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Hannah, and others. So the order of regeneration in faith seems pretty clear to me, but honestly, I struggle to understand the theologians who argue over which came first, election or calling, for example. And some people are quite passionate about it, and maybe they're seeing something that I don't see, I'm willing to be shown that I'm wrong, but it seems to me that uh, those distinctions in logic or in time are really more conjecture and wondering And I guess that's not terrible, but I don't see the point when the Bible doesn't talk about that specific order at all. Of course, it is quite important that God calls us, that is, we don't call Him, He calls us, and it's important that He elects us, that is, we love because He first loved us. But which of those came first? And does it matter? I'm not sure that it does. Or if it did, God would be more specific about it. It makes sense that glorification is at the end of everyone's list, that's in the future for all of us. But even here, we must wrestle with the fact that Paul puts glorification in the past tense. He has glorified us in the passage I read from Romans 8. Well, let's keep thinking about it, and let's keep learning about it. And if, and, and if this is a new concept to you and you want to explore it more, there are a lot of good resources online. Beware of anyone who has a really tight scheme and they think that they have it all figured out. God loves us. He redeems us. He gives us life. He brings us peace and joy through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And without him, there is no hope. And if you can say that, you are my brother, my sister. The rest is details, and these things are fun to discuss, and let's try to get them right as close as we can. But also, let's not be arrogant or uppity about whatever our particular view I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. I would love to make Season 2, but I need to make sure that it is worthwhile. So I'm paying attention to three things. Downloads, feedback, and money. It costs money to publish a podcast, and not a small amount of work. Now, if you'll give me just $5 once, I'll give you your own private podcast link that will have all the episodes from Season 1 without any advertising plus 10 extra bonus episodes. At various levels, you'll also get a lot of other cool stuff. Now, I'm not looking for a subscription, just a one-time purchase that will help me to know that this podcast has been helpful and that you would like me to make another season. Look for the show notes of this episode to find the link to give money. Podcasts are getting gobbled up by big corporations and conglomerates. Independent podcasters like me need your support. Thanks so much.